Hey y'all, I hope you are having an amazing day. It is wonderful here right now and I am just enjoying myself. Even though today on Now That's Life with Dr. Nina, we're gonna be discussing what low self-esteem and self-sabotage are and how to identify them. Not only will we learn how to identify them today, but we will also explore ways to start to work on that and treat ourselves better. Not only that, but I think sometimes we know a lot about what low self-esteem is and maybe have identified that within ourselves. We might even know we're self-sabotaging, but most of the time we don't know where to go and what to do. So I hope to empower you today with some things that might be within your reach that you're not thinking about just yet in order to get on the ball with getting that together for yourself. I know that that's desirable for a lot of us. Now, I'm your host, Dr. Nina Ellis Hervey. I'm a licensed clinical and school psychologist in the states of Texas and Louisiana. I'm a licensed specialist in school psychology, a tenured professor, an associate professor, and a certified professional life coach. Now, while I want this podcast to be super helpful for y'all and a great resource to you, it's definitely not meant to be a substitution for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Now, today is near and dear to my heart, y'all. It's like a super bomb for me to be here today. The reason why is because one thing that is near and dear to my heart is self-esteem. I also polled you all over on YouTube to find out what you wanted to hear about next on the podcast. And this was overwhelmingly the topic that you wanted to hear, self-esteem and self-sabotage and how to rid it from your life. I've published some studies in the Journal of Black Studies, uh, also Psych Discourse and many upcoming on self-esteem and why it's important. I've studied it more specifically with self-esteem and locus of control for black women. Now, I've linked two of the papers that I have published on this in the show notes. So make sure you check those out if you want to know a little bit more about some of my findings. But you know what? I asked y'all a question. I asked you a question to see how you would respond to me. And I was really, really just shocked at how informed you all are on, you know, understanding self-esteem and what it is. And so I asked you all, what are some of the signs that you or someone else has low self-esteem? And here were some of your responses that you sent me back on Instagram. Make sure you're following me on Instagram so you can get those questions and you can make sure you give your inputs for the show. So some of your responses were great and even interesting and just had me thinking about some of the points that you were making. So I'm just going to read some of the many that I received. But one person said, when they walk into the bathroom and don't turn on the lights so they won't see themselves in the mirror. Big one. Believe lies over truth was another one. Someone said constant self-deprecation. That was another Uh, Someone even said, sometimes people put you down and you easily believe what they say. Always facing down while walking. That's an interesting one. Also putting up with any old treatment from your spouse or even your friendship. That one was really, really big. I saw dressing as one feels sad. Another one I saw was consistently condoning abusive treatment behavior in relationships, and even friendships. Woo, hallelujah. 
Another one was not being able to say no. Someone also said constantly talking bad about themselves, pointing out every single flaw. Another person said paradoxically flirting with any cute guy that comes their way just to get some attention. Slouching and not making eye contact in public because I feel gross. Another one is not making a decision until you get everyone's opinion. That's a big one. Another is afraid to express opinions. Another here is staying in a toxic relationship because that's the best you can get. Always making negative comments about yourself. Another person even said that I'm 43 and self-esteem has been one of my biggest issues and setbacks. So excited to hear about this. Another one was avoiding eye contact and crowds. And if in a crowd, avoiding communication. Another said can't accept or not comfortable with compliment. Another's perfectionism. That one was great. Uh, Being overly critical of others. Being easily riled up by the actions of others. The power assigned to the perceived thoughts, motivations, and opinions of others. Another one was negative self-talk. Not being able to take a compliment. Afraid to say no or establish boundaries. Valuing others and their opinion more than your own. Overeating. Often judging your appearance, second guessing everything you say or do, and not trusting yourself, talking down about yourself or others. When I doubt my instincts, even on trivial things. Another is I worry a lot about what people say about me. And another was having no patience. Y'all came with the heat, y'all came with the fire. I got to hear what you thought. I got to hear a lot of the things that you thought are related to low self-esteem. And I'm going to make sure that I break this down even further because I was very thankful for your feedback. Again, thank you to everyone who answered that question. Y'all, so many scholars and researchers look at self-esteem totally different. And not only that, there are some similarities, but they look at it from different viewpoints. So I wanted to make sure I gave you a few. So first, according to Nathaniel Brandon, he's a world-renowned therapist. He says that self-esteem is a disposition to experience oneself as being competent to cope with the basic challenges of life and of being worthy of happiness. Mm. It is confidence in the efficacy of our mind and our ability to think. By extension, it is confidence in our ability to learn, make appropriate choices and decisions, and respond effectively to change. It is also the experience that success, achievement, fulfillment, happiness are right and natural for us. He says that the survival value of such confidence is obvious, but so is the danger when it's missing. And so that's why I always teach to you guys that When you sense in yourself that there's lower self-esteem or even those that you're surrounding yourself with, it can definitely be a danger to yourself or even others. You want to be careful about that and be aware of that. So we're going to keep going. Baumeister defines self-esteem as the evaluative aspect of the self-concept that corresponds to an overall view of the self as worthy or unworthy. Cooper Smith defines it as the extent to which an individual believes himself to be capable, significant, successful, and worthy. 
Now, self-esteem has been identified as a protective factor for women for developing depressive symptoms or other mental health concerns. So people don't necessarily like to talk about self-esteem and what it really is and what it is not. But what we do know now is that it really does protect us from things like depression. Feeling good about yourself, feeling like you have some say in your life, feeling like you have something to live for, all really adds to a better and more successful mental health outcome. So that's why self-esteem is so important, y'all. It's not just something to talk about. It's not just something to bump our gums about. It really is important. Another thing about self-esteem is it's not the euphoria or buoyancy that may temporarily be induced by a drug, a compliment, a love affair. None of those. None of those are going to give you long-term self-esteem, right? It's also described as not being an illusion or a hallucination. And if it's not grounded in reality, if it is not built over time through the appropriate operation of the mind, it is not self-esteem. So y'all, I'm gonna bring this up because a lot of the things that you all have learned from me on YouTube, I talk a lot about self-esteem and having it and how I didn't have it at one point and how I started to get higher self-esteem. And one of those biggest things is not the accomplishments in my life, right? So the pieces of paper, the degrees on the wall, those are not the things that provide you with the self-esteem. It's the journey getting there. It's what you do during that time. It's when you show yourself that you're able to show improve and show up in the hard times. It's when you're able to evaluate yourself and say, hey, I've grown. I've done the work. I really am worthy. I really am capable. And that's whatever it is that you want for your life. You might not want the things I want, and that's totally fine. But as long as we find ourselves working towards something, proving ourselves right, proving ourselves or proving to ourselves that we are valuable, that we can do it, that we can maintain, that we can get through struggle, all of those things slowly but surely over time build up to cause you to have a bit more investment in yourself, leading to a higher level of self-esteem. Now it's time to enter into low self-esteem land. What exactly is low self-esteem? You know, I find that sometimes people love to throw this out as a way to tell people how they need to behave and who they are and who they're not. If somebody wear a dress that's a little too tight, if somebody wears some pants that you don't like or whatever, it just becomes a low self-esteem fest. Like everybody got low self-esteem. If they do it this way or they looked at you that way, they got low self-esteem. Y'all, we got to be careful about that. Just like we out here canceling everybody for saying things that they might have said in the moment. Sometimes some people need to be canceled, but you know, that's a whole nother episode. But... <laughs> What I mean is sometimes we definitely need to be careful about tossing around what low self-esteem is. I'm going to tell you exactly what it's defined as. Low self-esteem is characterized by a lack of confidence and feeling badly about oneself. People with low self-esteem often feel unlovable, awkward, or incompetent. According to researchers Rosenberg and Owens, they wrote Low Self-Esteem People, a collective portrait, People with low self-esteem tend to be hypertensive. They have a fragile sense of self and they can easily be wounded by others really quickly. Some examples of low self-esteem identified in research are sensitivity to criticism. So that's, you know, basically just anytime someone has something to say about you, 
you are negatively affected completely. Now, don't get me wrong. We are all human and sometimes words do impact us. But what I'm saying is a lot of times criticisms for some people just really shatter them. They have them down and out. They have them all over the place. And criticism for the most part is something you should be able to take the meat from and leave those bones. You should be able to take from it what you need and move away from the rest. You should also be able to identify with what part of it really does apply to you and what part does not. And that's okay. And I do realize we're human beings and some of us are not going to respond in that way while we're growing up. Yes, but over time, we should become accustomed to being criticized. We should become accustomed to people having an opinion of us. Now, don't get me wrong. Baby got a smart mouth. Yes, I do had one since I was younger and I won't even call it smart. It's just real quick and witty. However, I've also learned that that doesn't have to be used at all times. If someone says something to you and you want to respond and you feel strongly about it and it's something to add to the conversation perhaps so but in a lot of situations you need to just shut it up another thing identified is social withdrawal or really just keeping yourself away from those social activities or people at all times so you're not exposed another is irritation or hostility this is a person that's just always extra touchy just upset all the time for no reason it just seems like they're just always on the edge Another is too much focus on personal problems. And while problems are a real thing, all of us have them. There's no way in the world you can constantly focus on having problems. There's no way in the world that your problems should only be seen as the only problems of the world. Be very careful and be very quick to check yourself when you're always consumed by your own problems. There's so many other people to concern yourself with. Believe it or not, there's also a lot of symptoms related to having low self-esteem. And those are physical symptoms, usually fatigue or tiredness, insomnia, and headaches. Another thing is negative thoughts about the self. Very straightforward there. The next one is feelings of worthlessness and defeat. Just always feeling like you don't deserve. You should not move forward. You're not great. You're not amazing. The next thing is experiencing shame after failure. Now, let me explain something here. Yes, we all experience some level of shame when something bad happens to us, for us, or through us. However, there is an expiration to that. There is a point where we learn from the situation and we move forward, where we say to ourselves, I've learned from this. I've been effective to this point. I'm going to take the L, I'm going to take the hit, and I'm going to keep it moving. And I can definitely say that I've had to experience a lot of that myself. Now, before we move into what self-sabotage is, let me say this. Even if your self-esteem is down right now, do not worry. Like with a bit of work, with some help, with some things that you can do, it can get better over time, and we're definitely going to discuss how to do that as well. So I don't want you to lose all hope. Sometimes hearing these things and becoming aware, and if you're in your car and you're listening and you're like, aha, I have low self-esteem, now what? We're going to address those things. I ain't going to leave you hanging, but just realize that it can get better. It's not something that's stable across life. And sometimes even those of us with high self-esteem have dips. Due to life stressors or things that happen. But the great thing about having high self-esteem that really helps you is that you know that it will come back up. You know that things will change for the better. You know that trouble don't last always. And that's just something to keep in mind. So let's move into what self-sabotage is. 
Just like self-esteem, self-sabotage has a lot of definitions as well. And I'm going to read a few to you guys that are, I think, quite effective in explaining what they are. So according to Judy Ho, she's a psychologist. Behavior is said to be self-sabotaging when it creates problems in daily life and interferes with long-standing goals. Among the most common self-sabotaging behaviors are procrastination, self-medication with drugs and alcohol, comfort eating, and forms of self-injury, such as cutting the body, right? The next thing is people aren't always aware that they are self-sabotaging themselves. And connecting a behavior to a self-defeating consequence is no guarantee that a person will disengage from the behavior. Still, it is possible to overcome most any form of self-sabotage. So again, a silver lining. The next thing is the term self-sabotage is used when this destructive behavior is directed at yourself. At first, you may not even notice that you're doing it, but when negative habits consistently undermine your efforts, they can be considered a form of psychological self-harm. The big thing about self-sabotage is a lot of times that people will find themselves blaming other people for their own behavior. So if you chose to make decisions that have put you in a position where you are no longer in good standing or have issues, not because other people have imposed it, not because other things have happened. I'm saying because you've had behaviors that have directly been linked to what was done, then you have to evaluate yourself. And a lot of times that has to do with self-sabotage. And the reason why people don't know that they're doing it is because it can happen unconsciously. It can happen in a way that you don't even realize you're preventing yourself from moving up to your next level, from seeing your potential. It can be like the person that says they want to lose weight. They have every intention. They go buy all this wonderful stuff. They go work out all the time, but they're still eating like garbage. Yes, that's self-sabotage because you're not allowing yourself to fully expand and grow and not allowing yourself to fully take on the process in order to see the results. You might be, you know, unconsciously afraid of those results. You might not know what to expect. You might also feel like you're not worthy of the results that come with it, especially if you've been overweight for a very long time. And I faced that. I told you guys how many diets I failed at before actually losing and keeping off 100 pounds over almost 15 years. And I can tell you guys how many times I self-sabotage that. I can tell you how many times before I actually did it with that 10 months to a year of losing all that weight. Before I got to that point, I really was doing little things like hiding food, eating things I knew I shouldn't have. If I did have a cookie, instead of having one cookie, I had to have the whole doggone sleeve or bag of cookies. I had to have all the chips. I had to have all the nachos. Nachos is one of my favorite things. But all of those things had to be done. And then I would turn around and be like, I don't know why I'm not losing weight. You know, I'd be going to the gym. Yeah, I was going to the gym like twice a week and eating all that garbage. That's self-sabotage. So I can be sitting up saying, well, I am working out. I am doing that. Yeah, but you also eat nachos, eating butter popcorn, doing all this other stuff and not really working out up to par. Like, so you cannot blame anyone but yourself. And the same thing can be said about your career goals. The same thing can be said about your relationship goals. Some of us really do sabotage those things. We really do set ourselves up for failure. And I can tell you that not just with me, I was actually working with someone 
who had made it clear that every time a relationship was presented, they would purposely do things or find themselves doing things that they knew were not good for the other person, only to one day be able to be like, aha, I got you. Now I know that you're not any good. And then in their heads too, it would become, I know I wasn't worthy of a relationship. So this is what I had to do. So before it gets good, they kind of prevent things from even flourishing. And that's in friendships. That's in family relationships. That's in romantic relationships. They were finding themselves creating negative situations that would bold badly so that they were able to say, aha, relationships don't work out. No, the problem is you're self-sabotaging. So none of your relationships work out, but you shouldn't be walking around putting that level of negativity on other people, right? You have to address what's happening within you. So by this time, you probably like, Dr. Nina, this is all good and dandy. It's cute and everything, but how do self-esteem and self-sabotage connect? How do they actually cross each other? What do they have to do with one another? Now, one of the key reasons people self-sabotage is because of lack of self-esteem. So that's how they connect. When a person usually has low self-esteem, they're going to set up situations where they self-sabotage and the cycle continues. This can have many different causes, but the effects are the same. Feelings of worthlessness, the belief that you don't deserve success, and even self-hatred. So what it is, is you set up situations where you are a failure. You set up situations where you prove yourself right. And so you continue to complain. You continue to talk about the circumstance. You continue to do that. That wears you down. That makes you feel bad. And before you know it, you continue to start the cycle again. You just continue to keep rolling. Every time you turn around, you're feeling bad about yourself. You're believing negative things about yourself. You're more willing to accept those things about yourself instead of trying to do better, instead of trying to gain better, instead of trying to taste success, instead of trying to hold yourself accountable. So self-esteem and self-sabotage are one in the same. Usually those with low self-esteem are going to find themselves self-sabotaging. Now, mindtools.com reviewed reasons why we self-sabotage to low self-esteem and how we get there. So they kind of took those things and took them together. Now, some of us actually self-sabotage because it makes us feel better and more in control of our situations, right? So if we continually self-sabotage and we hold the key to what we feel is possibly success and we deny ourselves that, strangely and freakishly enough, it makes us feel like we're more in control. It's really interesting, right? By sabotaging and then rescuing a situation, you might feel that you have a short-term boost in your self-confidence. Like, ooh, I made it go bad. Like I was, you know, not really paying attention to that homework assignment I had or that project I needed to finish. I waited until the last minute, but then I came through and I did it anyway. And it was half done, but it was all right, you know? So I kind of did do well. So now I feel good about myself, pats on the back. When you could have done a lot more with the time that you have, you didn't have to procrastinate. You didn't have to hold it off until the last minute. You could have done it in the way that would have brought you a lot of success and a feeling of fulfillment, 
right? So a lot of times that happens. And then it might also feel temporarily thrilling. So for some people, we like the thrill. We like to feel like we can feel things, like something great happened because we did it. And even if it's this low, it still makes us feel like we're getting some kind of thrill or something from it. It's like a drug. Like if I just keep people holding on, if I self-sabotage, if I do negative things, then I will definitely feel, you know, a great way about myself. It's such an interesting concept, you guys. Also, the rewards though with that behavior <laughs> end up being destructive in the end anyway. So you end up screwing yourself. You end up feeling really bad about yourself over time. So these provide ways for you to have little quick thrills or make you feel a temporary boost in confidence, but it doesn't last very long. Y'all, I know we are enjoying our time talking about self-esteem, self-confidence, low self-esteem, and self-sabotage, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll come right back and talk about the ways that we can solve these issues. Y'all, now we are back. Let's get into those basic ways for us to increase self-esteem and get rid of that self-sabotage. So now I'm going to talk about some basic ways to increase self-esteem and stop self-sabotage. After that, we're gonna talk about some ways to address directly self-sabotage, okay? So basically, one of the biggest things you can do, especially when it comes to your self-esteem, whether or not you wanna hear it, baby, get ready. Go to therapy and confront your negative biases about yourself. Sometimes we already in our head, whether it's because we've been raised a certain way or because we've had negative interactions with people or relationships, we fix it in our head that we are poorly constructed. We are not divinely made. We are not good people. And because of that, even if it's in the back of your head, you have a negative bias towards yourself. You already count yourself out before you count yourself in. You already consider yourself throwaway goods. You already consider yourself damaged goods. Not only that, you might start to review the world and think that people should treat you that way. So in relationships where someone is abusive, where someone is not kind to you, where people don't treat you right, where people don't compliment you, you're going to start to think that that's normal. You're going to start to think that that's right. And it's another reason why people with low self-esteem often accuse those with high self-esteem and high confidence to have arrogance or even low self-esteem because they've never felt that feeling. They've never felt what it is to really protect and be proud of what it is you are and who you are, who you've grown to be and how you've gotten this far. And so they mistaken that for a negative characteristic because they cower, because they don't accept compliments, because they don't treasure and value themselves, because they don't feel successful, they'll put that off on other people. So that's something that we must consider is how our negative bias about ourselves can even affect those outside of us and especially those important people outside of us that we really do enjoy and really do love but don't necessarily know how to because of our own hang-ups. The next thing is to avoid negative self-talk and one of the biggest things with self-esteem is just how you talk to yourself, how you feel about yourself, what you believe you deserve, what you don't believe you deserve. 
And a lot of times we tell ourselves quickly, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not good at this. I'm not going to be happy. I'm never going to have that relationship I want. I'm never going to have that job of my dreams. I'm never going to be able to buy a house. I'm never going to have the car I want. If you tell yourself that, do you think you ever just going to get it? Most likely you will not because you will never feel worthy of it. And if you do get it, you probably will mistreat it because you won't value it. And these are the types of things that you have to address. And that's why therapy is the number one on the list. But then that avoiding self-talk. So what I, I often try to instill in others is to make sure when you have a negative thought about yourself that you replace it with something that you know is positive about yourself. Now, I'm not saying don't confront the things that need confronting. That's not what you hear me saying what I'm saying is when there's a negative irrational thought okay like if someone says I always fail I'm always ugly I always don't look good I'm always you know the last one which we know always is not ever true you can't always be anything sorry but when you say that you have to counteract that like if you hear always you might say something like you know what sometimes I don't dress up to become my best but maybe I can change that because when I do dress up I feel good about myself I look good so maybe I can turn that around so while I don't always look my best I can do things that help me feel my best and so that really does help the next thing is work on being assertive a lot of us suffer from the I don't know bug, right? And we look for everybody else to solve our issues. We look for everyone else's opinion. We value everyone else's opinion over our own. Y'all, one thing about me is I'm a strong-willed being. And in the beginning, I didn't appreciate that, nor did other people. Now, and I did get into a point at one point where because me being so overly assertive and, and so uh, powerful with my own opinions, I used to cower because I didn't want to offend people. And so I would ask everyone their opinions. I would go with what everyone else wanted for me. And I found myself unhappy, super, super unhappy. So what I would say in those situations is to start to value being able to hear and heed to yourself. I mean, of course, if you have your higher being, you know, for me, that is God, that is Jesus. I'm going to listen to that as well. But they have given me a mind to be able to make good decisions. So I lean on my brain accordingly. You can't just always wait on the opinions of other people. And God forbid that you have to make a quick decision and no one's around. What are you going to do then? And let's not even talk about the fact that people are fickle. Sometimes their opinions are based on what they're going through at this moment, what they've been through that they haven't let go. And not only that, some people cannot separate themselves from their own advice. One thing I love about my friendship circle, one thing I love about the women I love most and the men I love most is that a lot of times we're able to separate ourselves from the advice we give. Now, I can tell you about experiences I've had, but I can always say that, look, this didn't work out for me, but it doesn't mean it's not going to work out for you. So let me tell you what I did that I feel wasn't quite right, that maybe you can avoid it in this situation so you can be more successful and so a lot of times when people give advice they're not giving it from that place right they're giving it from a space of anger when they've been burned when something didn't happen right for them they'll make you doubt yourself and then guess what by next week they forgot what they told you and you sitting up can't even sleep can't even eat can't do nothing because you're thinking about the way you're not going to be as successful at something because someone else told you so so 
Work on being assertive, working on your yes and your no and meaning it, working on saying what you mean and meaning what you say, dwelling in who you are and building that over time. And that takes time. I'm telling you guys, it starts with your first no. It starts with your first yes, not double guessing it, not going back on it. And even if you do, making sure that you prevent yourself from being able to go back on it. Even if you do question it, not going back and changing it. It's one of the most liberating experiences that I've ever had when I said no or I said yes and I stuck with it. The next thing is to stop comparing yourself to others. That's straightforward. We can't continue to do this whole thing. Well, so-and-so got this and -and so-and-so did that. And -and so-and-so had a relationship that worked out and they did this. And this person had this happen to them. Unfortunately and fortunately, we are all individuals. Everything will not work the same for all of us. And unfortunately, not everyone is completely transparent with their journey. So you don't know what a person went through to get to where they are sometimes, especially if they're not completely open about it. And you definitely don't know the cost they paid to be the boss or where they are right now. You might not even want to afford what they had to do. Okay. So one of the things that I like to to make sure that people are aware of is that you cannot compare yourself to someone else who's running a race that you've not been invited to. Not only are you not even supposed to be at the race, you're definitely not supposed to be on their track or in their lane, okay? So remember that everyone has their own time. They have their own timing and placement. They have their own gifts. And a lot of times all those things are not factored into what it is that you want. They've had their own sets of ups and downs and some of their downs you might not ever want to see or sacrifice in your life. So be very careful about coveting what other people have and being jealous of what other people have or even wanting what other people have. Now, it's okay to be motivated by what people get and what they do, but I do not say feeling like you should have exactly what they get is going to get you to where you want to go. You can use them as an example, and you might find over time that you don't even want exactly what they have. You might want something different and something new and something more exhilarating for yourself. Next thing is to focus on what is in your power to change. Sometimes we don't give ourselves the chance to feel successful because we don't focus on what we have control over right now. Some of us like to focus on three weeks from now and what we might get 15 weeks from now, heck, or in the new year. But we're not focused on the right now and what we can change and grow on right now. The more time you give yourself a chance to feel good about yourself, the more you even set small goals and really achieve those goals, the better you will become, the more happy about yourself you will become. You will allow yourself to taste even the smallest morsel of success and the more likely you are to keep going, right? So I know I use weight loss as a as a big key in explaining things, but I feel like numbers add up, body changes add up, and it applies across our lives because a lot of us need to lose weight in more ways than one, okay? And not always physically. 
So one of the things I tell people is the power is in losing those first two pounds, right? Those first two pounds and then finding out that that method works for losing the next five pounds and the next 10 pounds. And maybe your body changes just a little bit and it becomes harder to lose the weight, but then you use what path you used before, change it and tweak it a little bit and become more successful at losing the next 20 pounds, the next 50 pounds, right? So just like that in life, the more we give ourselves the chance to taste those smaller successes, the sweeter we will become to ourselves and to others. And not only that, we'll be building a higher sense of self-esteem. Also, we'll be avoiding self-sabotage and we will give ourselves the chance to be as great as we could possibly be. Now, if you're ready to address self-sabotage, there are some specific things for you to look at. So the first thing is recognize what you do to negatively affect situations and remove others from the equation. One of the things that we like to do is always talk about how other people fit into our negative situation. I am one person that, and, and I think a lot of the people in my circle can really, really affirm this, and, and they too are like this, is I don't just look at the wrongs of other people. If something goes wrong, I often look at myself first, not in an overly critical way, not in a way that's counting myself out, but in a way that lets me know I'm human and I make mistakes. So I think about the things that I can do better or that I could have done better. And I address those things as far as I can. Now, it's okay to consider how other people fit into that. But a lot of us have gotten into really blaming other people for our shortcomings, really blaming other people for the reason why we didn't get what we wanted. And that's not the best way to live your life. In fact, that can hinder you. That can keep you from even tasting success and even moving forward with it or doing better the next time or making sure that you align yourself correctly the next time so that you're able to avoid making mistakes that you've made before. And if you excuse yourself every time and always think someone else is in the wrong, then you will never correct negative behavior. So that's one to be considered. And I think it's one of the first. The next thing is understand your emotions that led to self-sabotage and learn to take control of them. One thing you have to do is, is look at yourself and look at how your emotions change every day. Look at how your emotions change in specific situations. One thing I like to do for myself is if I'm feeling a certain way, I like to identify what it is I'm feeling, right? So if I'm feeling upset, I like to be able to say, yes, I'm upset right now. I need to cool off or I need to walk away from this situation right now or I need to sit down or I need to be alone. All of those things have really helped me to not overly emotionally respond. Now it happens. I'm a human. Come on. It happens every now and again. But for the most part, I'm very much in control of what I can handle and what I can't. And another thing is when you start to identify those things that lead to self-sabotage, you also avoid situations that might put you in bad situations, bad moods, bad temperaments. You can't always avoid them. But we can sometimes because some of us like to walk into traps. We like to walk into situations where our emotions will be negatively affected. We, some of us like to get in the same relationships with different people, right? We know it's not good for us. We know the situation is not healthy. We walk and run right to it every time and expect different results, which is insanity. Let's talk about that. But a lot of times we could have avoided that. 
by reviewing that, being clear on what happened, and then saying, I'm going to avoid these situations that put me in a negative emotional place so that I don't make dumb decisions. And I'm not just going to say dumb, but uninformed decisions, right? And after a while, people get tired of that behavior. They get tired of you losing control, getting mad, getting fussy, uh, cursing people out, doing all of this stuff that's emotionally charged because you continue to do it. You apologize and you continue to do it. And unless you evaluate that situation and evaluate that clearly, you're not going to be able to move on from it. The next thing is to spot specific thinking or beliefs that led to to the emotion. The next thing is to spot specific thinking or beliefs that led to the emotion. Maybe it's an irrational thought. Okay. So one of the biggest things that I like to make sure that I've done is to think about every situation clearly. I want to make sure that I think about every time a belief comes up in my head and Make sure that I don't always believe it. One thing my very own therapist says is you can't always believe what you think. Just because you think it doesn't make it fact, doesn't make it true. And if you think about it, a lot of our uh, emotions, our self-esteem, all of that is based off of how we respond immediately. A lot of times you need time to react. You need time to think. You need to be able to say, hmm, that's not a good way of thinking right now. Like I'm taking it all the way out to left field. Okay. Like if a person says to you, let's say for instance, a person says to you, and this was an example told to me by someone. And one thing that was said was like, yeah, what if somebody says to someone, you know what? You looking real good today. You look real nice. Good for you. You know, or something like that. And then you turn around and you like, oh, you trying to say I don't look good all the time. I always look good. Thank you very much. Now that's going to make somebody believe that maybe you have a whole issue. You know, it doesn't mean that they think that you don't ever look good. It just means maybe today you look exceptionally well. Okay. Um, so that might've been an irrational thought to think that that person felt that way about you. So those are the types of things that you want to consider for your future. The next thing is to change your behaviors, emotions, and thoughts. It's not enough to say you want to change. It is enough to actually change it. No, you're not going to be perfect at it. No, you're not going to always be the greatest one at it. But what you can certainly do is give yourself the chance to be successful at it. Feel like you have a goal of changing the things about you that you don't really like. If you have self-sabotaging behaviors, if you go to work and you got an attitude all the time with your boss, if you always being mean to all your coworkers and all of that, maybe you could change that. Maybe you can just... Fix it so that you're a lot less angry, you're a lot less upset, you're a lot less mean so that you can get better results, so that you can feel better in your day, so you don't always feel so irritable. If you change that, if you change those things, those specific things, then usually all of them kind of smooth out. Even if you change the behaviors, your emotions get better naturally, and so will your thoughts. So really changing and focusing on these three things are really going to help improve your life overall and help you feel better about yourself, which most likely will result in higher levels of self-esteem. The next thing is develop self-supporting behaviors. Encourage yourself and stop waiting on anyone else to encourage you. You guys, you know, this is the thing. Instead of self-sabotaging, why not be kind to yourself and think of all the great things you can do. Think of all the wonderful things you're entitled to and think of all the wonderful things you can work towards. 
just as much as bad things will happen or you can expect bad things to happen, it's just as much as you can expect good things to happen. Why can't it at least be 50-50? I'm very leery when people are consistently only going to the bad thing that could happen because just as much as the bad thing could happen, so could the good thing. Count yourself in before you count yourself out. So hopefully that helps, guys. Um, and remember, too, don't wait on other people to always be your motivation. They're not always going to support you. They're not always going to be there for you. They're not always going to be a part of the lessons that you have daily. They're not in your shoes all the time. You are. Learn to, again, have that assertive attitude. Think about what you want to do and be willing to accept the repercussions of your decision making. But again, it's your decision making. So when it's yours, you'll feel better about it. You'll be more invested in it and you'll question it less. So y'all, I hope today has been amazing for you. I just get so excited talking about self-esteem, not only because it's something that I really feel like I have and I've really grown to cherish in myself and in others, but because it's my research area. I really do love talking about self-esteem, ways to grow it and build it. And I know this world would be a better place if all of us, got just a little bit more of it, okay? And also if we lessened our levels of self-sabotage and stop thinking so low of ourselves that we make decisions that inadvertently stop us from being the best that we can possibly be. Now, that's it for today. So go ahead and stay tuned for more though and subscribe to know when I post my next episode. I want you all to sign up for my free e-newsletter at drninaellishervey.com and you'll receive my free eight-day supernatural video course, y'all. It's great. And thank you so much for the feedback on it for those of you all that have watched it in its entirety. It really is a helpful and, and beautiful thing. And not only that, guys, I want and wish for you guys to be your best to be able to do your best as well. So make sure you find me across my social media networks at Beautiful Brown Baby Doll and Dr. Nina on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and of course, YouTube. Tune into my videos every week on Thursdays and Sundays or Thursdays and some Sundays. So thank you so much, guys. I am looking forward to the next episode. My goal is to make sure that I am posting every Monday by 5 p.m. Central. So make sure you tune in weekly. Come back, give me your feedback. If you find a sound bite that you want, make sure that you post it and tag me on Instagram and your other social media outlets. Well, thank you so much for joining me, guys. Had a great time with you all. Beautiful brown baby doll, Dr. Nina, signing out. Peace.